All right, shall we? Yes. Attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about two pop culture icons locked in a struggle for power to save the good citizens of this land are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. What the? I thought you were going to say Superman and Batman. <laughs> you got us. Because they're iconic and they're going to fight it out. Wait a minute, Superman and Batman? I've heard rumors. <laughs> Warning. Warning. This is not a drill. What is that? I repeat, this is not a drill. Batman versus Superman is actually being released Uh-oh. in years. I repeat, this is not a drill. Take cover. It's coming out. <laughs> Time. Finally. When did they announce that? I was there at Comic-Con when they first announced it. They brought out Harry Lennox, and he did the whole speech from the end of the Dark yeah. Knight uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, comic. It was very dramatic. Yeah. And then the Superman and the Batman logo came behind it, and everybody went bonkers. Three years ago. Man. <laughs> was this was this the intended original release date? Is this they like they said? Look, three years from now. Oh no, they moved it. They moved it to oh, run away from Marvel. Oh okay, and yeah. Captain America. But then they kept having to do that, so it never came out, right? Because Marvel would release a new movie every month, and they're like, "Well, screw it, <laughs> move <laughs> it again, move it again." Three years ago, they were advertising it coming out this May, which they had to move it back because that's when. Uh, Civil War comes out. I'm sorry. So it was Are always coming out. You guys talking about know. Bridget Jones' diary? <laughs> yes. No, we're not, honey, so we'll move on. The Trinity. Welcome to the Bridget. Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. And welcome to Hollywood. Woohoo! What's your dream? <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, banter, bits, special guests, and more. And that's what awaits you as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we'll be here every week to preview them for you and set up uh, set you up for the big weekend at the multiplex, spoiler free and cost free. That's it, good, Paul, because uh, payday's not for like another six days. Absolutely, yeah. you don't have to pay anything. Oh, okay. And you get this show because I'm running a little low on cash right now. Fear not. I was going to pass the hat. And we encourage you to get interactive on social media at okay. the Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that is also free. Basically, just search the Movie Guys on Google, Bing, or. <laughs> That's uh, Yahoo, and we come right up. Does anybody remember Yahoo? I, yeah, I, do you use a, Yahoo? You can't help it. It just pops up when you turn on the internet, <laughs> it's right? It's kind of like an STD. It is. Well, I wouldn't know, Karen. <laughs> Yahoo They survived. don't go away. Yahoo I've keeps read, coming back. I've read on the internet, though, that they can be pretty pesky. I bet they do. Look <laughs> us up on Google, Bing, or Alta Vista. Is that better for you? <laughs> Alta Vista can be taken care of with penicillin. And so we come right up. That's okay. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. He makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Adam Witt. Hiya, Freeze. <laughs> I'm Batman. And Karen Volpe. He makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Oh, my God. Did you guys... I am not kidding. No, wait. I, I had, wrote it down. I had. You looked um, at my paper. No, I had something else. You're what, I had big another and dumb. one. Or you had a line from Batman and Robin as well, I think, originally. No, I, I had, did it with the accent. I had. Um, you I could be the walrus. You the same I, quote yes. out of any quote in that you could have picked from the entire <laughs> no, world of I movies. I wrote it down. I, I wrote know. mine down. You're so dumb. All right, no, but about, I had the walrus one. I'm going to go with the other one. The walrus one? I guess goodbye. Kids fight after school. Enjoy my jacket, which you stole. That's Bill Murray. Right, Joining us later in the Wallace. show is the co-writer and executive producer of the massive worldwide hit to the tune of over $700 million. Unpredictable. Deadpool. That <laughs> wow. is Rhett Reese. First up, as promised, we bring you... Movie Previews. And speaking of superheroes, two of the biggest superheroes of all time meet up in the new film from Zack Snyder, director of The Owls of Gahul. <laughs> Gahul. Ooh, <I'm> sure <laughs> 
It's Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, which answers the age-old question. This movie is finally being released. <laughs> My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2 is also coming out, uh, fatter and Greekier than the original, mm -hmm. and later in the show... Let's give a rousing welcome to Mr. Hank Williams. All right, boys, let it roll. Hey, good looking. When he first came to see me, he played some songs he'd written and offered him a contract right then and there. Cooking something up with me. Most the time I do. <laughs> a record contract, beautiful girl in bed. Uh, I imagine everything's just going to go great from I'm, there on for I'm Hank excited Williams. for just a happy ending mm -hmm. and, and a biopic and just for things to just go great. I'm sure He's it just going to win and succeed the whole time, right? <laughs> things just get better for him as life goes on. That's how these yeah. work. And then yeah, he lives to a ripe old age. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure guessing. his children are lovely people. Everyone's well adjusted. Mm -hmm. The estate's well taken <laughs> yeah. care, of, care of. This is. I'm excited about this. I, I didn't know this was coming out until you actually mentioned oh, I it. I love Hank Williams. This is very exciting. Yeah. yeah, this is the Hank Williams story. I saw the light. It will be out in limited release. So I don't know where you're listening to us, but you may have to be in a big city to catch this one. Perhaps if it does well, they open it bigger and bigger mm -hmm. as we go. All right. Well, let's hope so, because uh, I would like to see this over your hero, superhero. Yeah, well, I know it, that sounds crazy, uh, but something for counter programming, counter programming. Look, look, I would Perfect. be there if they would just call this movie Loki Sings. I know. I'm there. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, we got a little <laughs> bit of superhero-ness in there. Hey, we should give it up to our audience who yes. is here today. Yes, we have people here. Uh, kind of crazy. I'm. Uh, we're doing the show in the Admirals Club, but yeah. we pop the door open because the studio door. It's like a warehouse door. Oh it's yeah, one it's of those very fancy. Airplane hangar doors, mm -hmm. and then the crowd can watch us because I've had a. Uh, it's my birthday week. It is. Yes. Well, we and also do that. The crowd has shown up to surprise me, which is exciting. We so. had a surprise birthday party in a way that's unprecedented, but it's a lot easier to plan. Paul just was home, and his friends would just come over and yeah. say surprise as they walked in. Yeah. A little different than the normal thing, but yeah. still, it wasn't where it was happening. It was, so it was a half-hour surprise party yeah. where everybody walked in and yelled surprise for a half an hour. Yes. As yeah. guests showed up, another surprise, yeah, we get it, yeah, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> well, I thought the idea was we bring in 25 people to laugh so that we seem funnier in front of Rhett. I, I, I thought that's that was my the point. <laughs> I forgot it was your birthday Rhett's back in the <laughs> green room. He can't hear any of it. All right, well, let's get to our first film, The Big Weekend. Uh, it attempts to start the summer movie season in March. It's mm. rich guy who flies around in a protective suit going mm. against a super-enhanced guy who fights for justice. Oh, sweet. Captain America Civil War. No, Adam, it's mm -hmm. Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Sweet. Um. Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Well, either way, you're excited, <laughs> I see. And you have written too many jokes about this movie to not preview it with me, so shall we? Very nice. That's amazing. From the bowels oh. of the great Saturday morning cartoon I television show. John Williams, you have done it again. When I hear that music, I want to eat cereal. <laughs> I was just going to say, where's my cereal? <laughs> we gotta. We should rehearse more, Karen, <laughs> so we don't keep using each other's lines. We should I'll, I'll take it easy on Kankles. You can have that one. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Not since Larry Flint's battle with the people has a cinematic battle been so anticipated. <laughs> It's Easter weekend, so what better time to release a movie about a powerful half-god savior of mankind? This week, Warner Brothers and DC Comics are proud to present Jesus, the letdown. Oh. <laughs> Batman versus well, it's L.A. They're a very uh, religious bunch. Uh -huh. Batman versus Superman in what could be the alpha and omega of superhero comic book movies. The greatest of the great, the penultimate battle of good and gooder. The end-all, be-all of a generation that happened. Wait a second. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, never mind. It says here the star is uh, Ben Affleck. So never oh, mind. never mind. I was going on a thing there, but 
Another superhero movie will exhaust critics predicting the end of them once again with this latest release. Now that Groot is a household name and giving Groot, Ryan Reynolds a superhero franchise is a verifiably good idea, and that still sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> but for every Avengers victory in Professor X hairstyle of late, Superman and Batman have ridden the bench. Despite being big screen superheroes back when Marvel was still selling the Spider-Man rights to Japanese television. <laughs> John Williams, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> Combining the success of the Avengers with the cinematic innovation of Versus the Smog Monster, Warner Brothers, DC Comics, and John Peters Credit have brought together Batman and Superman on screen for the very first time. Perfectly timed for our collective desensitization to the accomplishment. With Christian Bale resting his voice, Warner Brothers was challenged to cast a new Batman that could not only be the perfect Bruce Wayne, but could also make the internet melt down and lose its stupid mind. Uh, ben Affleck was the obvious choice. Uh, Affleck had this to say uh, about the Internet's reaction. The Internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. It's true. The it's what I use it for. <laughs> the casting of Ben Affleck was controversial, which is a word that comic fans have drained of any meaning. On a level of black kingpin to organic web shooters, Ben Affleck as Batman ranks right around Michael Keaton as Batman. Of they course. both worked. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton might be the best Batman. I think maybe. I would go with that. Hmm. Adam West might have something to say about that. Might have something, something to say. say. And he has. Yeah. Of course, having Ben Affleck as Batman begs the question, where's Robin? Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, good casting. But what would a superhero movie be without a supervillain? Besides most of them in the 90s. Oh. This time, Superman will take on his arch-villain, Lex Luthor. Mr. Tuckman! who uses his villainous brain to hatch a plan to pit Superman and Batman against one another, and his power of uber-exuberance to giggle at that plan. That's a power. But uh, that's a great word, uber-exuberance. Remind me to name an improv troupe that. Or a ska band. Yeah. Uh, but even that is not enough characters for a movie that counts its leads twice. Like a movie that got a good deal on closing credits, Batman vs. Superman will also throw in, free of charge, if you order now, the first big screen Wonder Woman. Ooh, a menage a trois. Bart, we got this. Okay. Mm -hmm. The trinity of heroes forms one half of the Justice League and one whole justification for the movie's pretentious subtitle. If you don't know, the Justice League is DC Comics' equivalent of the Avengers in every way except box office. <laughs> but that, it hasn't come out yet. It remains to be seen. <laughs> but that's not even all of the Justice League members in this movie. It, there, there's so many. Here's an actual announcement of the complete cast of characters. Wonder Woman, Batman and Robin, Aquaman, Black Vulcan, Samurai, Apache Chief, El Dorado, the Green Arrow, Crime Fighter from the Forest, Iron Man, Power what? Personified. El Dorado, did he just mention a car? That great black superhero. <laughs> Ford Explorer. <laughs> he goes up great inclines. <laughs> Uh, and don't forget Dawn of Justice. She appears here too, right? That's I, I assume yeah, so. It's the new the character. Title. I don't know. It's a... And in what may be one of our dumbest jokes, the film also features actor Scoot McNary. And if he does well, it may be the start of another acting dynasty involving Scoot and his brothers Git and Guan. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was the dumbest. That was dumb. Yeah. That was dumb. We try to, and set a record every week on the show. Uh, this movie. Uh, this I love <laughs> how you you stayed with it until you just like you, were able to land it. Yeah. You get, landed it. Get McNary. Get. This movie is highly anticipated. After all, it took a year to shoot and three years to market. But will audiences stop binge watching Daredevil on Netflix long enough to make this movie a hit? Hmm? Oh, they're already shooting the sequel. Hey, hey it's a hit. Good job, everybody. All right, excellent. <laughs> Guess we'll have to see that movie to ensure there's a sequel to Wait a minute. Justice League Part One. Hey, that's a hit too. Good job, everybody. Right, there awesome. you go. We did it. Yes. <laughs> now, to be fair. They made Iron Man fully aware they were making other movies, right? I love Iron Man. At the beginning of the first Iron Man? I think like so. Like when they, when they brought him in? I don't know. Yeah, because they brought in uh, Nick Fury at the end, and they said, we're doing all of these Avengers movies. Yeah, but that was an Easter egg. If that movie had been a bomb, that's the end of, end of that. That's true. That's just a cute little reference at the end. In fact, I even at the time was like, you know, I know who Iron Man is, but the press was all like, who's this? You can't release some obscure character like that. You know, you got to release a Superman or Batman. So... I am so glad they released Iron Man. I think I like him because I didn't see goofy versions of him when I was a kid. Like I have trouble getting past Them's fighting words, Karen. Hold on a second. <laughs> I have trouble get I have trouble getting past thinking of him as an underoos. Like I didn't grow up with Iron Man underoos, and I'm like, yeah, I want to bang that guy. Neither did I. I my parents right? my parents were like really nerdy, so I had like Carl Sagan underoos. I'm sure you did. <laughs> didn't have, couldn't afford the. Did Batman. you have Uranus ones? <laughs> <laughs> but I would put them on backwards. I'm sure you yeah. did. <laughs> what was the uh, Marvel Comics Presents song for Tony Stark? Tony Stark, Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. Yeah. <laughs> he's been around. I want to know, <laughs> though. I think I speak for Karen nice. when I say yes. um, I, didn't know, I didn't know much about this movie. Right? Didn't no. know what was going on. Batman vs. Superman? No. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was coming out. I knew Ben Affleck was pissing everybody off. But uh, there's a Wonder Woman in this. Yeah. Why do they not promote the Wonder Woman? There's a Wonder Woman in this? There's a Wonder what, Woman Where have you been? been? I've been reading my lines ahead. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, but there... It, in you the, didn't get caught up in the baseline for the Wonder Woman theme? <laughs> like America? Which you have people? to play with your thumb, by the way. Oh, you over the boom, top. Boom, yeah, boom, I guess. But no. You keep going. Let's, let's play. Wow. John so, Williams, you've done it again. The whole Batman-Superman battle... I thought was the entire movie. No, no. no they must settle their differences yeah. and along with Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, we see that in the trailer. Isn't Do we? It kind of a kind of a no. fail on their part? You, you can now play that clip. I... We don't <laughs> see. Yeah, right. This is, I think, her arrival. Guam makes a, an appearance. She with you? I thought she was with you. You got me! Who's got you? <laughs> a little old school in there. But did Ben Affleck just do a Christian Bale? He just did a Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. He went for a Bale. I yeah. love that. Here's the thing. Go yeah. for it. You have to what do you want your Batman to sound you like? You have to differentiate Michael Bruce Keaton. Wayne's voice from Batman's, or people will know it's Bruce Wayne. Well, have they ever thought to make him sound kind of more feminine? Hey, everybody. Yeah. Fe yeah, they can't Batman. <laughs> yeah. Go the opposite. Feminine? No. Yeah. Little, little Richard Simmons. -y. No, it would be really funny to see. Batman take that tactic of just when he's Bruce Wayne, he's just really <laughs> up here and kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. that way nobody knows when I'm Batman <laughs> yeah, right. and I just talk like this, yeah. that, that's the same guy. And if you're a rich guy, you could get away with all that flamboyance because nobody's going to tell you you can't. Nobody's going to tell you you can't. Yeah. Now, you know, with Batman versus Superman, Captain America versus Iron Man, uh -oh. and fan who's excited to see this versus his Facebook status, it feels like <laughs> our superheroes really need to be brought together. That's why I was happy to hear that someone was organizing a superhero peace summit and celebrity roast. Oh, oh wow. I forgot about that. Here's a report on it. 
This week on Superhero Peace Summit and Celebrity Rose, Superman and Batman come together to find common ground and hilarity. Another Batman? Not since the Bible has a legendary franchise been rebooted this many times with so many different churches of thought. <laughs> this is the fifth time Superman has appeared in a movie, unless you count Superman Returns, and who would? The only way most of Metropolis will die during this team-up is with laughter. Don't worry, Superman. I won't tell Donald Trump that you're an undocumented immigrant. <laughs> that was hilarious, Batman. Oh, by the way, the booth's giving you the light. That's not the bat signal. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, rumor has it Superman's crappy in bed, but you never hear about it because every time he fails with a woman, he just flies around the world a few times and resets everything. <laughs> and don't miss our celebrity roasters, Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> Superman is very serious in this movie. Like me at a job interview, he's showing how serious he is by not wearing his underwear on the outside of his pants. <laughs> Magneto! Perhaps having x-ray vision has confused Superman into thinking that you can see everyone's underwear. <laughs> Paul Lind. This is the seventh Batman movie. Shouldn't The Rock be glomming onto this property by now? Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, look around the room. And Swamp Thing, wonder. Hitler must have killed all the funny Jews. Foster it's old roast joke. <laughs> and Foster Brooks. Uh, give it up for Clark Kent, a wonderful, talented homosexual. Sorry, just kidding. He's not talented. <laughs> Who will win? We all will on Superhero Peace Summit and Celebrity Roast. That is ridiculous music. That is, I want to hear that music like on my way to work in the morning when I'm tired and I'm getting out of it. It just seems like the beginning of a TV show. That's Herb Albert, right? It's got to be. Every, everything that sounds like that is Herb Albert. That is from the Graduate soundtrack. Oh, it's amazing. I am, the, I am the person that went to white that went to iTunes and bought the three songs that aren't Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> They're all little gems. <laughs> oh, John Williams, you've done it again. John Williams, you've done it again. Uh, Jerry Lewis was chiming in, but he oh, didn't he make was? the uh, yeah he couldn't make it to what the room. I saw that here. I loved it with the Zack Snyder and the Avleg in the cave, <laughs> the Eisenberg and the nice lady, Wonder Woman is Gal Gadot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's. Gal Gadot is the perfect Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Gal Gadot. <laughs> this leads me into us being at Whedonopolis. Oh dear. Okay. Oh, May thirteenth through fifteenth. If you like your Joss Whedon, yes, who he doesn't? is a uh, uh, Whedon. Uh, there's a whole con for just Whedon stuff. That's your angel. That's your uh He your had Buffy. a con yeah. and then elevated it to, to an opolis. It's an opolis. Wow. Is it an opolis yeah. or a Whedon con? Well, there it's was a Whedon con that became opolis, right? It is It is Whedonopolis at WhedonCon.com. Nice. Oh, there you go. So opolises exist inside of cons or... One begets the other. This is what will unravel. Yes, we're at on, the show. I we're going to be there. Questions answered. We'll be hosting some panels, interviewing folks. And we're on it, dude. Fun. We're going to. And we're going to do the complete celebrity roast. Yes. Well, we'll expand <laughs> it to Whedon. What did he direct? The Avengers. So we're going to have everybody show yeah. up. Agents of Shield. Uh, on to our next film. There are other movies opening this week. <clears throat> Say, are you the kind of person that likes to escape the stress and pressures of family life by going to the movies? Sure. What are you doing, Dad? And my family is still too close. Parents deserve a sex life too. Was always in my business. Keep your eyeballs open for a nice Greek boy so one day you can make babies. They follow me everywhere. Hey, hey, hey. I need some air. 
Well, you might want to skip this movie then. Right, here we go. It's my big Fred Creek wedding too. Here we go. Again, that's my brother Don on guitar from Sweet Ass Cream Corn. SweetAssCreamCorn.com, I imagine. Yes, of course. <laughs> you find his band. Batman vs. Superman isn't the only sequel out this week, as My Big Fat Greek Wedding returns with the sequel Bigger Than Drumpf's Ego, Fatter Than Steven Seagal, and Greeker Than Steven Seagal's Ponytail. We're all looking forward to jokes about all those famous Greeks in popular culture, like Telly Savalas, mm. Olympia Dukakis, mm. and Jimmy the... Jimmy the, the, fir- Greek. Yeah, Jimmy, the first Jimmy fat the Greek. Greek wedding movie came out almost 15 years ago. And when you factor in new millennial attention span, that's like over 40 years ago. Which makes this fat Greek wedding pretty much a brand new movie. Absolutely. It seems like only 14 years ago that America was won over by the story of Tolula, played by the lovely Nia Bardolos. Am I pronouncing that right? Bardolos. Bar- Bardolos. Bardolos. Bardolos? Bardolos. Bardolos. Jimmy the. You had it right. Jimmy the. <laughs> <laughs> And her journey to find love that her parents and relatives could sabotage at every turn. Now enough time has passed since the last movie for Tula and Ian to have a child of their own to embarrass. Tula is dealing with a daughter that wants to go to college far away so she can escape her suffocating family and a mother that learns she isn't really married. What is a woman to do? Have a wedding? No. Have a Greek wedding. Problem solved. Uh. Oprah! I'm pretty sure that's not what you say. No. It's Opa. 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 Of course, the plot could easily be the story of what satanic rite Tula and Ian performed to avoid aging ever since the last movie. Yeah. True. Oh, wait, now let's do some math for a second. It's Uh-oh. been 14 years since the first movie. Okay. Okay. So there's a shot of Tula's daughter in a wedding dress. Let me do a little on that. So that would mean she's getting married at 14. Right? So I guess they've moved the whole franchise to Mississippi. All right. Well, that's a wrinkle I wasn't expecting. Wait a second, Paul. If you remember the epilogue from the first movie, their daughter was already six years old. And now, 14 years later, she's finally graduating high school, which means she's 20 years old? Or No, wait. Wait, 17? No, hold on. Add the six, carry the one. Oh, I hate this common core math. All right. Well, the first movie made over $200 million on a budget of $5 million. As a percentage of the budget, Superman should be so lucky. Will lightning strike twice and make a sequel? Make the sequel a runaway hit? The chances look good if that lightning gives Nia Vardalis superpowers. There you go. That's the other movie coming out. Counter-programming. That is counter-programming. That is counter-programming. And if ever there was a movie that should be called... T-O-O. T-O-O. Yeah, you guys love that, I know. This is literally the same movie. Let's have a Greek wedding. They're also having a Greek wedding. Mm -hmm. They're having a big, fat Greek wedding Wedding also as well. T-O-O. Think like a man. As well. Yeah. Think like a man like we are. Also. I like these kinds of movies because, you know, they're kind of old school romantic comedies. But I think she's going to prom, by the way, you oh, and your calculator a... work. Oh, I don't well, know wait, why she's... Going, no, she's going to She's college. 20 and she's going to prom. What let's I, see. Then no, she's a uh, statutory I'm year. just <laughs> saying, I think in the she's graduating high school and getting ready to go to college. She's going to prom. She's in a wedding dressy looking prom dress. But I think that's prom. Yeah. Do you, do you, don't what? the Greeks have the quinceaneras? No, no, no. That's the Mexicans. Oh, that's oh. See, I don't see race. I don't uh, know race. Of course. Maybe that's you have a 15-year-old, by the way. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> Those are 15-year-olds, by the way, you big stupid nose. You guys are both dumb in so many ways. I can't I take know. all the Did, time. No, hey, Go to prom in a white dress. You're saying you're pure, right? 
Uh, Is that the message you want to send out to your I don't think they need to at prom indicate whether they've had sex or not. That's more of a wedding thing. (laughs) (laughs) Probably don't want to advertise that at prom. Well, you know, maybe then guys are switching out their dates. Like, I'm going with the chick in the red dress. (laughs) So in the the trailer for this movie, they showed um, Nia getting, like, uh, slapsticky. Was that from the first movie? Oh, yeah. She turns her head and, like, gets caught up. That's from the first movie. Her getting hit in the face with a... Uh, dodgeball or something. That's the okay. New so whenever yeah. you show clips from your first movie in the trailer for your second movie, you should get hit in the balls. Well, it's been a while. You got to remind model. people. Oh, like when remember the two Jakes come one? out, it tanked. That was the Chinatown scene. Oh, well, yeah. they should have included oh, some clips on. from Chinatown. Yeah. It yeah. makes yeah. sense that you would show a clip from this movie from 15 years ago because I can't even go from one week to the next and better call Saul knowing what happened last week. So I'm not the only yeah, one that needs God to be reminded. The, yeah, previously on Better Call. That's I'm for like, you. Oh, yeah, Mike's in this. I know what's happening. I was like, uh, not that often, but but I remember Superman 2 because there were no VCRs. So you hadn't seen Superman in three years. To bring it back to superheroes. Uh, you have. I, I was just, just watching I'm that sorry, happen. Sorry, 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 sorry. I have my only analogy reflex is superheroes. But they began that with a whole montage that might as well be called previously on Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I love the idea that she was founded doing a one-woman show of this, and Rita Wilson found her and, and helped her out. And I think she's back a, as producer, so it's Tom Hanks. Great, you know, it's yeah. great just to see somebody's dreams come true and support that. I've met Nia Verdales. She's very cool, and she doesn't seem like she's like, oh, I have the biggest romantic comedy <laughs> of all time. She's very down to earth, and uh, so yeah, I'm not surprised you. That's how I'd be. She doesn't lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do lead with that. It makes no sense. People no. Are like, what the yeah, hell why are you, are you talking doing about? That? What's wrong with you? Now, here, this is kind of fun. Um, behind us, if you're watching the video, we have the uh, Connie and Carla poster, and I love that movie. Right, women dressing up as men, dressed as women, and uh, Paul and I actually get hired to go to the premiere what? of that up at Universal. And we sang karaoke because they had a big karaoke thing since that movie's about karaoke. And we were some of the ringers that started the karaoke singing at the premiere party. Wait, give me that premise again. (laughs) These are women dressing up as men dressed as women. So women pretending to be men in drag? Yeah, they need a good performance act. And they're hiding. And they're hiding hiding hiding. because the one's husband is trying to hurt her. So they're dressed as women. They're dressing as men, dressing as women, so the guy doesn't find them when he's so coming to The two girls are drag queens. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's actually. really clever. Duchovny's in it. Duchovny's hilarious. He's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, very Takes funny. a special woman to look like a man in drag. It's kind of like the Boobay sisters. Yeah. <laughs> we do that. Let's get to our final movie of the weekend, I Saw the Light, and it's about music. Ooh. Uh, what? what kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. <laughs> it tells the true story of country legend Hank Williams, one of history's few great Hanks, ranking just below Aaron and just above Azaria, and worthy of a movie. Karen, let's talk about it. In fact, Karen. Hey, Hank, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? Hey, hey sweet baby. baby. Don't you think, baby? We could find us a brand new recipe. I got a hot uh, rod board and a two dollar bill. I know it's five right over the hill. So the pop and the dance is free. If you wanna have fun, come along with me. Hey, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? There you go, that's Karen Thank you. I love that commercial. I couldn't look up. They we were, were trying to decide if we were supposed to be singing no. along. Yeah. And Adam's like, no, <laughs> no, sing along. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, do not. <laughs> no, sing later, sing later. 
right. the way, audience, she does that all the time, even when there's no audience. <laughs> it's true. Right. It's true. It always happens. All right, let's talk Hank Screw Williams. Let her sing all her lines. They may or may not know Hank Williams helped bring country music into the mainstream, something we can never forgive him for. Tonk, tonk, oh, oh dear lord. Thank you. I saw the light follows Williams rise from a local radio performer through the string of hits that made him a best-selling country star. Also, audiences that don't absorb information from life will learn that famous musicians have incredible access to hot road tail. <laughs> the standard biopic rules apply. Sure, you know how Hank Williams was an influential musician with a catalog of unforgettable songs. But did you also know he was a dick? <laughs> Paul, did he have a meteoric rise to fame? Yes. Did he have an addiction that continued to turmoil in his personal life and ultimately lead to his tragic downfall, death, and or both? Yes. Does he find redemption? Well, you'll have to see. Well, you may proceed. This qualifies as a musical biopic. Continue. Does it qualify as a musical biopic? I wrote mm. down biopic just to make sure I didn't <laughs> screw it up. Are you east or west of the Mississippi? Shut I up. think that's what... <laughs> yeah, right. It's Coke soda. Yeah. Oh! Uh, okay. Unless... You've seen Ray, Walk the Line, The Doors, Jersey Boys, Coal Miner's Daughter, Great Balls of Fire, Amadeus, <laughs> and The Buddy Holly Story, or any of the movies about Elvis, then I Saw the Light should be a refreshingly new story about the rise, the fall, and the enduring legacy of a music icon. Also, like many famous people, he develops a huge ego. Oh. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. That might have been the adventure. That might have been. been. I don't know. But I Saw the Light doesn't just star Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen. It also features everybody's favorite musician, biography co-star, Drugs. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. William's story is interesting and important, but it's hard to tell if this will be a good telling of the tale, except for the part where this wasn't released during Oscar season. <laughs> I haven't seen the Hank Williams movie, but I've seen the two sequels to Hank Williams' The Person, and they bring the whole trilogy down. All my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Oh, good Lord, yes. That's sad. And who better to play the iconic country western legend than a British-born actor? All right. In this case, Tom Hiddleston, who, let's be honest, has the name of a hillbilly, so the casting agent probably got fooled. <laughs> After all, here's a man who can play a guy from another planet. I think he can manage an Alabama accent. Alabama, technically, Bart, is another planet. There you go. <laughs> oh, and not for nothing, I love that song, Whiskey Bent and Hellbound. Uh, again, that was Hank Williams Jr. This movie's about Hank Williams. Oh, any relation? Yes, they're related. Good guess what gave it away, the fact that we've already talked about that. I'm not going to lie, that did help. Uh -huh. All right, that's it. I saw the light. Limited release. Loki and Scarlet Witch yeah. together. Look, Karen, I don't want to yes. rain on the Hank Williams Sr. parade, yeah. which people in the know call him Hank Williams Sr. They by do. The way. Okay. Um, this is literally just this. It's How do they all have the same life? <laughs> how do they literally live the same life? Because yeah. they were living it at the same time, so they didn't get to watch each other's movie. Yeah, I guess Ray didn't know what was right. going on with Hank, and but Hank didn't know what was going on. There's something about coming from nothing that just makes you go nuts. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Just screw it up, man. Are you saying Ray didn't see what happened to uh, Hank Williams? Yeah. What did I? Oh. Is that a, what did I? I wish I was that funny. Bart, I did horrible. that one for you. That's horrible a Bart joke. I'm off my game. Yeah. No. He didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. Oh, my gosh. You have to stop. It's horrible. <laughs> but it is, it is, it's not cliche in the sense that it's, boring it's just cliche in the sense that it's literally the same story actually that they all yeah have. you mentioned jersey boys here that was one of your comments yeah. 
they that was refreshing because there was no drug use. Yeah, mm. it was crime that kind of brought them yeah. down, oh, yeah. and they started hating one another. But, but there, there wasn't was a like rise and a fall. Yeah, but none, one of them didn't get just like completely strung out on drugs because yeah. that is the thing that always happens to the point where Dewey Cox <laughs> spoofed it. Get out of here, Dewey! I want to get. We did. We smoking reefer. You're not gonna get a hangover. You won't any part of this. <laughs> I want to get addicted. It's not well, addicting. Whenever I was watching the preview for this, it reminded me why I love Lyle Lovett. Because All right, you can fill in the blank there. Because so far he, All hasn't, he hasn't started the drinking and the drug use, to my knowledge. Oh, that's yeah, right. He's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Boring. Wears suits. No one's yes. ever going to make a movie that clown. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except for the fact that he jumps in front of a bull to save his uncle and gets completely mangled in the process. He's just boring. Let's check the scorecard. Lyle Lovett, people at this table, who's been with Julia Roberts? Okay. He fair wins. enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. And Karen, I give you full license to take Be with Julia Roberts. Time what happened? Wait. What? Oh, what? Can I right. watch? Uh, yes. By the way, I, I, you know, I'm Karen and I've talked about this. We don't like drive a truck and get muddy country music, no. but this is the kind I like. <laughs> oh, this I'm is sorry. the kind. Yeah. Drive a truck and get yeah. muddy. Yeah. yeah. Toby Keith, you're, you know, you. Friends in low places. Rednecks. Is that driving truck get muddy? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Garth is a little Garth not. Is a little. Yeah. But I like Garth. But but this is the cowboy stories and like yeah. so, so lonesome I could cry. The guys who oh. were on too late who made the film last week who were in here. Yeah, they that, used they, that three it, times. Yeah, because it's such a just it's a powerful heartbreaking. Song. Yeah, I, I mean this is I saw that they, they they didn't used to call this country music. There were two types. There was what they called hillbilly music, which I am a huge fan of because yeah. that honky is tonk. not bluegrass. Uh, that's, that's y- different. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's part of smart the- hillbilly music. Like once you remove, uh, <laughs> that's a thinking that, hillbilly that's music. That's a kind when you have your teeth. Yeah. 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 Once you remove the banjo, then it becomes something else. I think. Okay. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> Either way, we dig on Hank Williams. So Karen's gonna take yeah. us out. All with, right. Uh, now you can sing thing. when you get to your part. Well, let me just say, when she's done yeah. singing, I'll we will have that. the co-writer and executive producer of Deadpool, not to mention the Road Zombieland, GI Joe Retaliation, and more. <gasps> I know. That's right. Rhett Reese. Right. He'll be here in ten seconds. Stay tuned, Karen. My Yvonne, the sweetest one on me, on my Son of a gun, we'll have great fun. On sing, you guys. The Bayou. Jump a lot of crawfish pie if you lick them There we go. Because tonight I'm going to see my Cherimio. My Cherimio. Pick guitar, feel free to join the gayo. Bring it home, guys. I got the gayo. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bayou. Repeat one more time. What? Repeat one more time. We'll have big fun on the bayou. Seeing how Thank quickly you. we've turned around. Yeah. This, we're already back with our guest. Anxious hey. to talk to him. He is uh, one of the writers behind the biggest hit of the year so far. Mm-hmm. The 700 million grossing worldwide smash Deadpool, co-written with his partner Paul Wernick. Right? And uh, he's been involved with a number of other cool projects, and we're excited to meet him. It's Rhett Reese, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. So, Rhett, I'm Great noticing that you're not wearing your shirt that says, I wrote a movie that grossed $700 million. <laughs> Boy, why are you not wearing that T-shirt? I'm, ha- I'm having them made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would like one. If and that's a hat okay. and jacket. <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe even a mug. Yeah, is, that on a your, mug? is that on your resume? It's just the number $700 million. There you go. <laughs> Boom. That's what I can do for Rhett you. Rhett Reese. It's and then, pretty exciting. Yeah. It's like a picture of a cat, and then Rhett Reese, and then just seven. <laughs> the, the, the cat is uh, inconsequential, but it helps. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> Takes up some of the space in the page. The amazing- it was it was unexpected. We we yeah. we did a little of that mental calculus in advance, going, what what do we think this thing could make? And I think oh. we all thought 
maybe high threes in, in success, and the fact that it's made as much as it has has really been gratifying. So uh, Yeah, I've made 300-plus just domestically. Yeah. So, yeah taking the rest of the world is a big hit. Crazy. So That's what cool. does your third house look like? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Right? I wish. No, he's not Marvel Studios. Oh, he's the no. writer of a movie. Yeah. I guess. Oh, so you went and got a sandwich. More <laughs> <laughs> so. Extra bacon? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Treated yourself. Now, this was a, a project that was in development Forever. Six and a half years total. Wow. Yeah. Were you involved that whole time? Because I yes. know there was a... Other... Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and Drew Cravello at Fox hired us in 2009, uh, in the fall of 2009. And uh, we wrote it very quickly. It took us about three months to write the script. We were done in early 2010. Uh, and then basically we had to fight to get them to make it for about five years. It was just, it was really, really tough. Did a you come tough on uphill as uphill struggle? Did you come on as EP or just writer? Uh, just writer to begin with, and we ultimately became EPs late just because of how much we ended up doing on the movie. But, uh, but that five years was a rough. That was a rough time. Like we were, we we thought we had something on our hands. We we were getting great reactions from the people who did read the script, but convincing the studio to take that risk with that particular character was was more difficult than we anticipated. But, and you, because you were subject to wherever the wind blows, and you can see this in Superman, Batman too, because once it blows Avengers directions, they go, instead of going, well, we'll roll out a, a Superman, then we'll roll out a Batman, they go, hey, well, let's do Avengers too, also, right now, Be- because that's the way the wind shifts. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. In fact, Deadpool was on, uh, on Weekend Read for the executives the weekend that Avengers came out. Mm. And we thought on Monday morning, green light, right? Because how could you ever not green light a Marvel superhero movie the Monday after Avengers came out and made $205 million? And something like that. Poultry 200. (laughs) And instead, the word from the studio was Avengers has made them rethink their their Deadpool strategy, and they might want to introduce Deadpool in an ensemble instead of by himself. (gasps) And our project died that day. Yeah. But then what else revived it? Then something else comes something out, else, like well, X-Men comes out. Yeah, yeah. well, we had uh, a few things work in our favor. Really, our own test footage leaked yeah. onto the internet, and that was, that was a big moment. Um, did it leak or did it leak? Well, it's kind of like a game of Clue. You yeah. know, it's like there's about eight suspects, and someone was in the dining room with the candlestick. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and, yeah, I, I, to this day, I think Ryan probably had the best motive and, and probably mm-hmm. – the the savvy and the and the uh, brain to, to he pull knew it how off. to log on to the internet yeah exactly. you didn't <laughs> no I didn't your AOL account had run I, out I can't work my toaster <laughs> oven so uh, no I I was Dear not internet. savvy enough to do it without a digital paper trail but it did leak and thankfully the response was good and. And that, I think, is what pushed us over the top. Uh, can I take a quick step back of the, what generated that test footage? And for anybody who oh. doesn't know, there was a, a piece of a, a wonderful piece of footage, a, a little five-minute scene, which the, the movie is largely goes in and out of. It's the scene in the car That's right. where he's attacking the guys. That all happens in one like two-minute, three-minute thing. Yeah, we, we wrote a short version of that scene, about a two-minute segment of that scene. And uh, Fox was kind enough to give our director a couple hundred thousand bucks to prove do a proof of concept essentially so he took that money and he made this little short this two minute short all on a computer it's it, if it's if you watch it you'd be surprised because he not there wasn't anything in front of a camera so it was all done cg wow. and it looks really really cool and yet that didn't put it over the top either i mean when we, we showed them that test i think about another year and a half passed before it finally leaked 
Now, so. even beyond that, an Avengers comes out, this comes out, that comes out. Superheroes are this verifiable, and and since you've been on it, it's superheroes have gone through various phases. Like when Iron Man started, this was a, a phase where Daredevil with Ben Affleck was still a recent memory or whatever. That that you know, even with uh, Iron Man and Avengers, they would still go through these waves. The the question Hulk, is Hulk, perhaps not the hugest hit. Yeah, yet. exactly. But 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 you've got an R-rated superhero movie with Green Lantern in it. I mean, like, the deck was stacked against you. Like, it in had to succeed ways, on I charm. Guess, yeah, I mean, and, and we wrote a PG-13 version for them along the way, too, during that five years to try to to try to get it made. We were we sold our souls. Is that the souls. one where you don't see Ryan Reynolds' junk? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see that. little speedo in Yeah, there. I don't want to see that one. Uh, but, no, we, we, we wrote the PG-13 version, and... It, it wasn't terrible, actually. It was better than you'd think. Do but you find it, it difficult to write PG-13? I find it harder to not be dirty. <laughs> uh, you just have that look, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think if you look at a show like Family Guy, I think, and, and use that as your inspiration. Uh, Here's a show that's good. on yeah. network television, and yet they do a lot of risque things, and where they suggest a lot. I think if you use that as your inspiration or, or things like that, you can you can get inspired. But we did our best, but we still thought it felt like Deadpool light and not Deadpool. So we were lucky that the R-rated version was the one that actually got shot. Now, did. X-Men Origins Wolverine come out during all of this? I forget the it year. It was actually was. before we got hired. So okay. that was like, yeah, just before we got hired, that movie came out and and Deadpool was treated very poorly, the very. character. And yeah. uh, but but there was also evidence that people liked Ryan in it and mm-hmm. and liked his wisecracking nature, Wade Wilson's wisecracking nature before they sewed his mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> and so I think there was some thought, well maybe we can spin this guy off and that was that was the impetus for it. Now, yeah, we certainly goofed on the fact that, you know, Ryan, putting Ryan in a movie, well, is this going to work because of previous attempts? But uh, he certainly kills in this. And oh, he's it, a genius, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's the ideal casting, and has been since X-Men Origin Wolverine. You know, in that movie, like, the Wade Wilson part is great. He's, like, really great, and you're very excited about the potential for a Deadpool movie until the ending, of course. Right. His mouth is so interesting. I don't know a whole lot about the comic. But I knew he was a wisecracking mercenary. And so when Deadpool has no mouth, I'm like, we took away some of the yeah, best I mean, parts of what he's going to do. He's known as the Merc with the Mouth. Yeah. That's his, that's his uh, nickname. Yeah. So. In origin, something sews his mouth shut and he can't even talk. Well, that's back at a time. And again, I'm not talking about that long ago, but the superhero movies have gone through all these waves of confidence and lack of confidence. That's at a time where you couldn't put color in a superhero's costume because nobody would go see that. Mm-hmm. So in order, to, yeah. in order to kind of make him look like Deadpool... They close the mouth shut so it looks like he kind of has the mask and he gets kind of burnt so his eyes kind of have like the same dominant. But that's how they would do sort of things like that. Like like Wolverine doesn't have a yellow and black costume, but there's little yellow piping. So there's a little <laughs> right. bit of color in there. But now you can just go full red, blue, purple, whatever you want because yeah. Marvel said you could do that. And they go, oh, okay. Yeah, I think the authenticity <laughs> of Deadpool's suit was really important too. Deadpool's suit looks like Deadpool's suit in the comics. It really does. Yeah. They did a great job. Now you said you uh, you wrote this with somebody else. Yes, I've so, got a writing partner, Paul Wernick. Yeah. So we do that kind of here, where kind of like we contribute to the script. So when you're watching the movie, do you go, "Oh, those are the words I wrote"? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a little that bit. and that was mine. There, a lot of sometimes you forget with with as the years pass, but oftentimes there's that line you're really proud of that makes it through. And, oh, I was and just being a wise ass. It, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does happen. Yeah, we're very proprietary. <laughs> I refuse to laugh at Paul's joke. <laughs> I, just, I do that here. I won't yeah. laugh at Paul's joke. Yeah, well, just kind of cross my arms. Yeah, he doesn't and get write Howdy when people like his mm-hmm. jokes. No, <laughs> uh, no, we all look good. Well, we all contribute, and I think we all make each other look good. I think. 
and, including Ryan Reynolds. He's the most amazing improviser ever. He's funny as could be. That, is, that is cool to hear. That is fun. Yeah, you couldn't ask for a better person to deliver your lines. Because oh he nails it all the time. Oh, he's it's, the best. Yeah. He, I... I mean, I don't want to overstate, but I, I really compare him favorably to the classic comic actors of all time, the Cary Grants and the and the Charlie Chaplins, and and because he, there's nothing he can't do. He's yeah. very physically funny when he when he's wearing that suit. A lot of that performance is just <laughs> just the cocks of the head and the and the slight little posture moves. Um, and then actually, he had that thick makeup on his face through a lot of it too, and he acted wonderfully and and hilariously through that. Uh, he is great on his feet, like so he can think of uh, improvised lines very easily, and he's incredibly creative. He's like an entertainment machine, um, and his delivery is so good. And and so you put all that together, and then and then you just watch it, and and you think nobody else could have done this. Truly, nobody else could have done Deadpool the way he did. When you were writing it, did you know that he would be your guy delivering yes. the lines? Oh, mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. That helps. He hired us, which oh, cool. uh, which was uh, great. So we knew who we were writing for from the mm -hmm. beginning. And he was a big Deadpool fan, so he was the keeper of the flame uh, in terms of whenever we strayed a little bit and, and wrote something that Deadpool might not say or didn't feel like Deadpool, he was always the one to raise the red flag and say, I don't think that feels quite like Deadpool. Um, and so that was that helped, and and then when you, once you start hearing him do the voice, and and it's not like he, his register is a little different from his own voice, but um, but once you start feeling that as a writer, you can start writing to it, as mm -hmm. you say, and that just makes it so much easier. You know, we we were also involved in a lot of the marketing after the movie, a lot of those oh, cool. those campaigns and the viral videos. That it really we, helps. I, I need to, to bring the, this up. I yeah, need to bring helps. it up. Uh oh yes. Um, I was Genius watching. Marketing. I was watching Spike or something. Oh yeah, and they had somebody not Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool, oh, no. right? Didn't they do this? Are you wait. a part of this? Oh no, with TJ Miller. Sure. Oh no, no, that was Ryan. That was Ryan. Yeah. Wait, which one are you talking about? I was watching sure. some movie. You on... said Spike. They were hosting a yes. movie that was showing. So every commercial break, you would go back to Deadpool and TJ. Correct. Yeah. And they were sitting in a living room, and I, I could have sworn it was not Ryan. In I that. think that actually was Ryan. I, I, if I'm not mistaken. Well, could you send him because my apologies? Ryan's very, no, well, Ryan's very protective. <laughs> of, you know what? Give me his number. I'll do it myself. We, we, oh. we, we never put, no? <laughs> uh, we rarely put anyone in the suit who's not Ryan, and especially if there's if there's film rolling, like if, if, if it's a video. I mean, if it's a still, they'll do it sometimes, mm -hmm. but um, but Ryan's really protective of that. So yeah, that's I, a wise move. I mean, that is smart. The, uh, the so Ant-Man cool. Hulk Coke commercial or Pepsi or whatever it was, people immediately went, that's not Paul Rudd. Yeah. You know, and so, but it takes you out. It does. You know? It so takes you out a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I can't speak to the precise one you're talking about, but I do think that uh, he's done almost every viral video, if not every one. And so we were we were greatly involved in those. But in well, those, this was on was great Spike Network. Yeah, right, right. But I st if it was TJ, it would have been right. Yeah, it was TJ. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, but in any case, we were able to write to his voice because we sat on the day on set every day, and we just we imbibed that. And so, by by the time we were doing those viral videos, it just felt like we were in a groove, like we were just having fun. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too, and I, now I just realized, like, oh yeah, you your involvement went from when it wasn't a movie, but then this movie is so packed with jokes, you know, at least like uh, four or five jokes a minute, like a really incredible pace that you had to be there on set to inform his improvs and bounce stuff back and forth. And you had to be there in post to loop special lines that are off screen and stuff like that. We, but then you also went through promotion. You know. Yeah, all the way, all the way. And we had fun every second. It was really, a, really a cool experience. Not surprisingly, Deadpool 2 is greenlit, yeah? Uh, well, I, I, I hesitate Another to say five the movie years. is greenlit, <laughs> but with the script, uh, yes, we're writing the script. Feel free to um, break it on we'll, the show here. Go ahead. So <laughs> Give us the scoop. <laughs> Well, Cable will be in it. I can tell nice. you that. But that that you knew if you watched the the coda. Right. So, yeah. 
Uh, beyond that, I'm not really allowed to say, except that uh, it's quite different from the first movie in a good way, I think. I think we, we made sure not to... Uh, repeat ourselves. Is this the one where he adopts a little girl and gets married? And <laughs> no, separate? not no? quite oh, that okay. different. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for that, that one. Different. Deadpool That's 2, Deadpool the T.O.O. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Daddy Deadpool. That's what it's going to be. Now, I am going to completely... Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> patent pending, patent, patent pending. pending. I'm going to jump right into my favorite subject. Yeah, G.I. Joe, right? Murray. Oh, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> Yes, let's talk about Bill let's Murray. Let's talk about Bill Murray. Now, you were t- did you actually get to meet him? Because you wrote Zombieland, we did. right? We did. We were on the set of that movie That's a big deal. That's well. like oh, seeing Sasquatch, you it, know? It was unbelievable. <laughs> Almost as hairy. Yeah, the, the crazy thing about it was we wrote that part for Patrick Swayze originally. Uh, Shut up! Wait a minute. Shut up! Stop the show. Let everyone, let that sink in. Oh, my gosh. Patrick Swayze? But did he pass away right before it? Well, no, but he got timing. sick before, okay. and so we weren't able to offer it to him for that so reason. So instead of doing Ghostbusters, you so, were dirty dancing. So, well, what happened was we uh, set out on a quest to find a replacement for uh-huh. Patrick that took us about a year. We wrote about every month on the month a new draft of the screenplay with a new scene uh, specified to a new actor. And then wow. we would send it to that particular actor. Mm. And they all said no, everybody. <laughs> like it was Joe Pesci and it was oh. Mark Hamill and it was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Because they would be playing like one of their famous characters, right? Like No, no, they were playing themselves in each of the in each of the uh, scenes. So they were always, we always came to the mansion and then there was this, there was a zombie. But in this case, it was actually a zombie. In the original version, Bill Murray was a zombie or Patrick Swayze was a zombie. He wasn't, living, breathing, talking Patrick Swayze. He was already a zombie. Um, But we wrote a version for all these different actors, Sylvester Stallone, The Rock, and it was just pass, 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 pass. To this day, Jean-Claude Van Damme apparently says it's the biggest regret of his career. (laughs) (laughs) On on that part. But uh, so what happened was we got, we had to shoot the movie. So we're now out on set. We still haven't found our actor. And the, the studio said to us, look, shut it down and write a version where you don't meet a famous actor, but rather they just get in a big fight with zombies. So we did that. We created a, a big zombie fight in the mansion, and it was actually pretty funny. And they were happy with it, and they said, okay, you're not allowed to show this to any more actors because we'd been down the path so many times everybody mm. just felt burned. And thankfully, my writing partner, Paul, uh, just doesn't like to take no for an answer. And we were three days from shooting the scene, so we were three days out. And we had the stunt people there who were going to play the zombies, the whole thing. We were ready to roll. And Paul walked up to Woody Harrelson on the set, and he said, is there anyone else in your Rolodex you could call at the last minute and ask if they would be willing to to do this? And he said, Mm -hmm. well, let me think. He said, I could call Dustin Hoffman. He said, or I could call Bill Murray. And we, we said, why don't you call both of them? <laughs> and so Dust, Dustin Hoffman was busy. Uh, Bill Murray, however, uh, he's got, I don't know if you've heard the legend, but he doesn't have an agent or a manager. Mm-hmm. He has uh, uh, an answering machine, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's this number, and you call it, and you leave a message. And if Bill, if Bill you know, deems your message appropriate <laughs> to respond to or worthy of responding to, he'll, he'll call you back. Well, thankfully, Woody had worked w- uh, on Kingpin with Bill. Yep. So they were oh, yeah, buddies. Yeah. And Woody asked him about Zombieland. Again, we're three days away from shooting it down in Atlanta. And Bill calls him back. And Woody says... Well, Bill wants to see the script. So we say, okay, we'll email it to him. What's his email address? Yeah. He says, well, he actually doesn't have an email address either. So I'm picturing, do we have to read him the script over the, onto the answering <laughs> machine? Like, I'm not sure how he's going to get it. 
turns out he says, I'd like my script sent email to this FedEx uh, office down the street from me. And they print it up. And then I walk down there in New York and I pick it up and then I go home and read it. So we emailed it to the FedEx office. And Paul's joke was that the guy in the you know apron at FedEx office is the most powerful guy in Hollywood because he can tell Bill Murray, look, you got to read this one. Or I, no, I, don't think this, I don't think this makes the cut, Bill. Um, but anyway, so Bill took the script home and then we got the call back. Woody said, you know, he, he loved the script. And we said, great. And he said, but he doesn't think he has enough to do. Like he was a zombie in mm. that version. And we made a lot of jokes about his career, but mostly it was just a big fight with him. And so we said, well, what if he's alive? Like we, we say, tell him, you know, what if what if they come to the house and he's just there and, and they have a, they, they have fun with him and then something happens. And so he said, great. So we in about two hours, we'd gotten to the point where we could rewrite this scene in, in about right. two hours. because We had done it so many times, like we knew all the Got where down. to plug in the different joke, the Ghostbusters reference and this and that. And we so uh, so we did. And we emailed it back to him and. We're sitting out on a freeway shooting uh, the scene where uh, uh, Columbus and Tallahassee meet. And Tallahassee, played by Woody, is in his boots and his hat. And all of a sudden, he's sprinting towards us. And we don't know why. And Woody sprints up to us kind of breathless. And he's he pops open his clamshell uh, cell phone to speakerphone. <laughs> and on the other end is Bill Murray. And, and Bill is giving him reactions to the to the new pages and notes on what he would do with the character so immediately paul and i being writers we've got our little pads out and we're listening on speakerphone very silently so he because he doesn't know we're all listening and so we're writing down the notes because woody had no way to write them down so and bill's saying stuff like what if i were to wear golf spikes like you know and i'm thinking as he's saying this oh my god like he's he might actually do this wow. like we're, this this could happen like so after about 30 minutes of Woody and Bill just talking about the character, uh, Woody says, well, you know, kind of puts his feet to the fire, says, well, here's the thing, Bill. He said, you know, we're, we're now 48 hours from shooting this. <laughs> like, it's a, it's, so the question is, it's like, you know, if, if, you, say, if you said yes, like, we, we do need to hear that now, and we got to get you down here, and you'd make a lot of people really happy. And Bill said, um, Here's the thing, Woody. He said, uh, it takes a lot to get me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, but he said, I'll do it. <laughs> and, and, and so, and of course, we're all like doing this, you know, silently so we won't hear us cheering. And, and uh, Woody says, that's great. You know, we'll send you the info and, you know, closes the phone. And we, it was bedlam. I mean, the whole set like oh erupted. So and then, of course, the deal had to be made. And that was like, it was a it was a nightmare in 48 hours. Like Bill Bill got what he wanted. Let's just look at it that way. Um, but lo and behold, 48 hours later, he was he showed up, wow. walked onto the set, and we were sitting there, you know, shooting the, the breeze with him. I was going to say a four letter word. But Good I for you. It to breeze. Excellent. Have I sworn yet? No, you're no. Doing great. It's like, it's like I'm at grandma's. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, and there he was, and and we we shot. Uh, the scene from Zombieland, the famous sequence, which is like the wow. best. It's the best part of the movie. We, yeah, it was a absolutely. hail mary Hollywood miracle, is what it was. And it got I, it got a lot of press too. I mean, it like helped kind of propel the movie. Like people I knew that weren't that interested in it, they knew there was well, this it was, cameo. It, it was, that was interesting yeah. because it, it, part of his contract was we weren't allowed to use him in marketing. We weren't allowed to use oh. him to sell the movie. I so, love that I So know we I went. We decided to go the other direction and make it a complete secret and not let anyone know, and then just let that word of mouth spread. And of course, it did in a fun way. People were curious and. You know, they, they come to the house and there's a BM written on the on the, the gate. It's like, who could BM be? And, and 
I have a question. Um, when you were rewriting that scene over and over and over for different actors, did you actually rewrite it or just cross out Joe and put Jean-Claude and then cross it? Because if I'm well, an actor and I get a, a script with somebody's name crossed out, I know I'm oh. not the first choice. <laughs> That's that good. might yeah, have been yeah, why yeah. they were that saying no. That may have no. been the problem. It was like six <laughs> names crossed out, and they're like, oh, look, it's uh, Sylvester Stallone. It was funny. Every single version had references to that person's career. So uh, they come to Patrick Swayze's house, and there was a potter's wheel sitting there. And, <laughs> and so Columbus is like throwing a pot, and he's like doing, he's working it, and then all of a sudden these hands come in from around him, <laughs> zombie hands, and start working the pot with him, and he's like, <laughs> and it's Patrick Zombie, Patrick Swayze. Awesome. So and then and then it, then Woody killed Patrick Swayze by doing the lift where he, <laughs> <laughs> he lifted him up and slammed him into a pillar. That's awesome. So every every single awesome. every single version had jokes like that in it. That's cool. How'd um, you kill Jean Claude Van Damme? I, he did do the the zombie split? splits. The splits. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, do the splits. I don't think that's how he died, though. I can't remember how he died. It's a good way to cut him like, in half. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you can imagine how tough he would have been as for a zombie. Stallone. Did yeah. you go uh, Tango and Cash or Cobra? What was your reference there? I, it's been a while, but uh, we definitely had some Rocky references. There was a, yeah, there were some Rocky yeah. references for sure. One thing good about that movie, uh, the Bill Murray scene is great, but also even then, when was that? Oh nine. Uh, yeah, that was uh, yes. We it came out in '09. We shot it, yeah, early '09. The amazing thing about Walk the Walking Dead on television now is that they'll mm. still every once in a while do something I've never seen in the zombie world before. And even back in '09, the Zombie Land brought me a whole bunch of news. I thought the zombie whole genre yeah. played out like in the 80s. Yeah. They're still finding new and exciting things to do in the zombie genre. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Paul and I have our approach oftentimes to genres is we'll come into a genre that see, feels a little played out maybe, but then we'll go into it and we'll have fun with it and we'll turn it on its head and we'll make fun of it while we're actually being it, if that makes sense. So it's almost mm -hmm. like it's a self-parody. We did that with zombies. We did that with superheroes, with Deadpool. Mm -hmm. We did that with reality television, with the Joe Schmo show many years ago. So that's that's a little bit of our MO. Um, and we're working on a new p a television pilot right now that's also a similar approach. Uh, it just It feels like we just kind of know how to do that. So, that, yeah, cool. and that's refreshing yeah. for the viewer. Just speaking as one. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 turn it on its head. Take a genre turn. You're like that's like Robert it. Altman used to do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic. That's you know, in a different way, but yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> and pick, further picking apart your IMDb a little bit, I noticed you had an interesting credit on Monsters Inc. Yes, I'm I, a huge Pixar fan, and you had something to do with story development yeah, or something yeah. there. I was the original writer uh, oh, wow. of Monsters oh. Inc. Yeah, I spent nine months up. That's in Pixar. the T-shirt you should have. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's yeah, maybe. Um, and uh, the bittersweet part of that was that it just changed a lot after I left. So mm -hmm. I wrote the first two drafts, and it subsequently went through like ten more. Like and. And so I had more to do with kind of shaping the story and outlining it and getting the structure down than I did with, you know, the actual lines that came out of, out of characters' mouths many years later. So. Pixar is one of my favorite filmmakers. Oh, yeah, as, as a collective, they're just some of my favorite it filmmakers. It was very, very uh, wonderful to work there. I'd love to work there again. I mean, it was there were Oscars on every desk in the place, and mm -hmm. for good reason. So. Yeah, cool. so is the story development, it sounds like you just took a crack at it, or is it a group effort to kind oh, of build Oh, it's very that. much a group, yeah, group effort, yeah. When I showed up, they had a Monsters, Inc. children's book. That was how they started, was they made this little children's book. It was like 12 pages long with little pictures of what was going to happen. And it was my job to turn that into a treatment, an outline, and then ultimately two drafts of a screenplay, and that's what I did. Um, and then uh, I ended up getting replaced, which was sad at, at the time, but, you know, it was just, it was, there were, they were, one of the directors got replaced, and I think they just wanted 
some fresh blood and a mm-hmm. new a new kind of a, approach, and so they brought some new folks in. But but that said, uh, working up there was definitely a honeymoon. Yeah, that was a that place is just geniuses everywhere. It's like creativity paradise. Right? It really I mean, is. They're just, it just really yeah. is. I mean, the dirty little secret is they work everybody to the bone. I yeah. mean, it's uh. like it's fun, but it's fun at eighteen hours a day. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like when when they're in crunch time, but. But that said, it's an amazing, amazing uh, place. But the rewards for that effort oh, certainly gosh. come in. Well, yeah. I mean, those movies are are pretty, uh, just undeniably amazing. Yeah, they're very, and very few of them are, are only so-so. I mean, they're, they're they're great. And they're very developed. You talk about the development process; they just develop, so careful. develop, develop. Yeah, develop. I mean, yeah. we we had. Uh, I worked on Dinosaur for Disney. It was a very similar process, and and I think we had thirty-seven drafts of some of the scenes. Like mm-hmm. it's just like they really, really can beat it up but oftentimes when you get that much time to look at it and that many people uh staring at it you you come out with something good on the other end adam i'll put this in your lap gi joe retaliation yes yeah i i were you a gi joe fan because very much that way okay because because i was a huge gi joe fan and when i saw retaliation i was like oh an actual gi joe fan has crafted this in some way or yeah i mean look the the movie's certainly not for everybody but we were right from the 80s and right from that for the 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 this G.I. Joe, that small one, not the yeah. big one. Yeah, uh, the Larry Hama. Yeah, the Larry Joe, Hama right? G.I. Joe. <laughs> to throw and, a reference out and there. And so, yeah, we were, we were, uh, Snake Eyes is like my favorite character. I always pictured myself <sighs> behind the mask of Snake Eyes, you know, so, because he never spoke and you never saw what he looked like. So, uh, or in the comics, you did at the beginning. But, but in any case, I, that character, I think any character in a mask allows a child to kind of project their own face yeah. and, you know, project their own. I loved Iron Man. I loved Snake Eyes. Deadpool would have been the same way had I been, had I been, uh, the right age for that. So, um, yeah, we love G.I. Joe, and we had a ton of fun with it. In fact, that whole scene on the cliffside where they yeah, all swing yeah. around. Great action scene. That was based on a uh, comic by Larry hmm. Hama uh, called Silent Interlude. And what happened in that particular, the, I don't know if it was apocryphal, but the story is that the uh, that the writers, that they didn't have time to write the dialogue. So they said, screw the dialogue. We'll do one issue of the comic that's no dialogue at all. It's just in pictures. And it's a fight between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow up at this monastery in the Himalayas. And so when we approached the movie, we came into them and we said, we want there to be about a 10-minute segment in the middle of the movie oh. where it's no dialogue at all, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, mano a mano, oh, so uh, cool. on a cliffside, you know, in the Himalayas. And they said, that's amazing. And <laughs> it, it's actually the best part of the movie, I mean, I would yeah. say. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's so. great, yeah. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow were everything. You'd watch these other, you know, segments and stuff. You're like, come on, get to some ninja stuff. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, let's <laughs> yeah, get some and the kids love on. the ninjas by far the oh, most. Like, <laughs> the best. Yeah. Ninjas are the dinosaurs of... Uh, Asian thieves. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that movie does hold. Kids true. like dinosaurs. That was oh, okay. <laughs> no, it does hold true to a Hollywood <laughs> uh, Hollywood tradition as of late. Put the rock in your franchise. Yeah. Franchise yes. gets better. Roadblock. Fra- yeah. yeah, franchise <laughs> Viagra. They call him. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. He's me a boner. Yeah, and he's and he's terrific. He's the ultimate <laughs> pro. Man, that guy. Yeah. He works out like four hours a day, and then he comes to set, and he goes all day long. I mean, he he's just he is obsessed with doing his job right and well, and that 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 shows. And as a fan of GI Joe, I was like, he casting him as Roadblock. You know, yeah. Roadblock's a legendary character. However, did you at any point in any draft make him rhyme everything he said? No. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, yeah. Where where is where is that? And we said, well, you know, it would have been a little cheesy, maybe. It's uh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. GI Joe has a little little, little cheese left over from the '80s, and yeah. we tried to get get most of it off. There's a little still there. Nah, it was weird when Roadblock rhymed everything he said in the cartoon, anyway, because you're like, you had to think of that ahead of time, but you got to be in the 
the battle, dude. Come on, don't be thinking of rhymes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's really hard to write Snake Eyes. That's the hardest character we've ever had yeah. to deal with because what person sits with everybody and never says anything, and you never see their face, like. And and so it's just and you know we we were like how is Snake Eyes gonna emote? Is it gonna be stuff like this? Like, you know, it's like he's like like or I don't know, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, What's like going on? so it was a struggle writing Snake Eyes. It just it just always was a little ridiculous to have him sitting in a group like this, just sitting there in his mask. So. Uh, you do your best. Yeah. Well, let me ask you the movie we ask every or oh, the movie. Can I can I, can I wrap it up by just saying? Oh, yes. oh wrap it up. Sure. And I now put that we, in your lap. And now we know. And now we know. <laughs> and now we know. The PSAs, the famous mm-hmm. PSAs. And knowing South the battle. There it is. And knowing South the battle. Let me ask you the question we ask every guest who comes on the show: What is your favorite movie of all time? Well, this was I thought about this one because my favorite movie of all time is not my favorite filmed entertainment of all time. But mm. that said, my oh, favorite movie of all time is Field of Dreams. Oh, oh that's a great movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah that yeah, is yeah. an amazing movie. Yeah. It is such a magical movie. Uh, I think Crazy. more for men than for women because it's a for sort of a father-son mm-hmm. story yeah, and it revolves yeah. around baseball, but that movie gets me every time, and it has more magic in it, for lack of a better word, than any movie I've ever seen. I just adore it. it, it and you don't need the previous hour and 55 minutes. If you come in at the last five oh my gosh. to, to <laughs> cry, you'll still cry. Yeah, it, it is so emotional. I weep uh, when I yeah. see it. Like, it was truly, like, it's embarrassing what I do. Yeah. It's, it's gross, actually. The, and, and, and I can actually tie this back into Deadpool. because uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, watch this. Uh, so... Field of Dreams is so brave in its unconventional storytelling. It re- absolutely demands of you that you be a dreamer in order to buy into this movie about dreamers. Right? I know, and I hate magical realism generally. I don't. I like real stories as opposed to supernatural stories in general. There are exceptions like Sixth Sense, but Field of Dreams, I just went. Ugh. I just, uh, yeah. just took, took the hook, and and it takes a good I filmmaker too. I love it. Just yeah. love it. It's so beautiful. So but it, perfect. But tying that into Deadpool, there is a bravery in Deadpool too, because because no conventional wisdom said make that movie in any way, and I think people really rewarded it with the fact that it's really brave. That that what thing are people are reacting to against Superman versus Batman is there is a complete afraidness that is underlying that they want to be everything to everybody. I mean, the plot line is basically from the criticisms of the previous movie is is how you know like oh it killed all these people in. Uh, in Metropolis, we'll make Batman upset about that. The way people on the internet were upset about. Oh, that. it's as if they but had somebody like, like taking care of all of those people who leave their leave their comments after they leave the theater. Yeah. So I now mean, they had a movie to address it, that. No, I mean, yeah. I, I I think it's great, yeah. but it's just like I think audiences reward that sort of bravery where they're like, I don't know, I, where where there's confidence behind a movie like that. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood operates from a place of fear, generally. Mm-hmm. It really does. It pays and, off, and, ultimately. It's and, a numbers game. And it is, and so you'll see a lot of uh, movies based on other IP and comics and brands that have existed in other spaces and already succeeded. You see a lot of sequels. A lot of books uh, now, based on a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of movies oh, yeah. based on a yeah. successful book, like yeah. Gone Girl. Yep. So you, it's... It's very sad that the original screenplay, in other words, the screenplay that the screenwriter originated, is a rare thing anymore. I mean, you see Christopher Nolan do it, but it's rare. You don't see it as often uh, as you used to. And, of course, Deadpool is certainly not that in that it is based on IP. It is based on a, a famous comic. But it, it's certainly a, an apple among oranges, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped it a great deal. Yeah. I'm going to bring up a comment that the great Mike Nichols uh, yes. made, a friend of the show, um, that... He thinks Deadpool just looks like a real team effort. 
Hmm. Like everybody, in, like it doesn't look like the, a huge. Well, I like to think it's mostly the writing ball. <laughs> I, the think, writing I, think, team. I think Rhett said. <laughs> could, uh, <laughs> well said. Well, we all know that. who the real heroes were. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 one of those things where just everybody from the director to the star to the crew uh, to the the studio to the marketing department, everybody was on the same page. Everybody got it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you rarely see – I think one of the things we pride ourselves in more than anything is the tone of our scripts. Like – the t- I think a movie's tone can be so, so crucial. And it doesn't have to be one thing or another. Like Batman, the, the Nolan Batmans have their tone. We have our tone. Um, but our tone was very, very weird and specific. And yet it stayed identical from the page to the movie mm. to the marketing campaign, to the trailers, to the marketing campaign. And when and the same happened with Zombieland. And when you see that happen, you just get the sense it, it really is a team effort. And... Um, it just it, when when it stays on the rails like that, it can really be a home run. I feel like, and that's that's that was a tribute to the fact that everybody really got it. But let's go back. The film that is your your favorite. Now, which yes. Field of Dreams was your favorite movie? Yes, favorite movie. Then a favorite filmed entertainment. Oh, oh, was oh is footage of him weeping at Field of Dreams. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, I think it might be no, mine too. I, I, because I think that there are two things I like better than Field of Dreams. They're both television, so it's oh. like. One is Lonesome Dove, if you've never oh, seen it. Uh, oh Western. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen yeah. Lonesome Dove? Yes. Yeah, it's a miniseries. I mean, a, a lot of you guys, I'm sure, haven't. It's an old miniseries that came out in the 80s on CBS. It has the greatest cast and the history of cast. <laughs> Robert Duvall, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones, <laughs> Diane Lane, Danny Glover. I uh, may be the first one to say Steve this, Buscemi. but I do believe Lonesome Dove was a television event. It was an event. <laughs> That's when back when they had events. Television and, event, and it, Angelica Houston, like it's the, uh, Chris Cooper is in it. Like I'm telling you, it is the greatest cast in history. Go back and watch it. It's about six hours long, or spread over you know whatever four segments, and it's just stunning. And I've seen it probably 15 times, like literally that many times. And then the other one that I think is even better than Lonesome Dove is Breaking Bad. Like to oh, me, Breaking Bad love is the Breaking greatest, Bad. greatest. If Whew. I if I if someone if Damn. an alien came down and said we want to see what this whole filmed entertainment stuff is, I would say, here's yep. the Breaking Bad series. <laughs> yeah. Have a good time. Like, to me, that's the And best here's stuff. Field of Dreams. You'll need it after Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to gain some, yeah, some faith in humanity again. Yeah. See this uplifting thing, yeah. So good. And you watch Better Call Saul? Uh, no. Ooh. Not yet. Will. It's we will. so good. Yeah. So good. Very yeah. much there, That does it, not but... skip a beat. No, uh, it's Yeah, no, it's crazy it. that I haven't seen yeah, it. It retains all the quality. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I just love as uh, we were all improvisers at the Second City in Chicago. And at that time, I remember my, my buddies that we were all taking classes. We would watch Mr. Show. Mm-hmm. It just thrills me to no yeah. end that oh, people yeah. who will well, never hear the words Mr. Show love Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and he was in Fargo, too. I don't know if you saw him in Fargo. He's yeah, great no, I never in that, saw too. That, yeah. In, the, in the, the TV show, Fargo. The second season of Fargo is, God, oh, my God, it's a killer. He's not in the second season. He's in the first season. But in any case... Definitely see Fargo if I you haven't. See Particularly it. season two, and you don't need to see season one before you see oh, okay. season two because oh, okay. they're kind of unrelated. They're different, so. yeah. And I wonder if Lonesome Dove is when this started that it's not a TV movie; it's a movie on TV. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, Lonesome Dove is they took this Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. It's about eight hundred pages is by Larry McMurtry. McMurtry okay. Yeah, 
And it's 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 you'd look at it and be like, that's not filmable. But back then, now we have these great limited series that get to do that, yeah. like the, the Stephen King one, eleven twenty two sixty three, which I have not mm. seen yet. But but back then it was yeah, a, it was like four nights on TV. Yeah, and it, they were it in was a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in a row, and you had to sit there in front every night because you didn't have a VCR, like, yep. and you or maybe you did it just about at that point, but it's still. Like, and, and and that was it. It was an event. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and you'd go to school and talk about it the next day. Anyway, uh, Lonesome Dove. It'll it'll make you cry harder than Field of Dreams. Like, really, truly. I added it to my list. I have a list of things to see that different people bring up. I've I've added it. Now I'll have to go find um, TBS or something. I'll let you know when it's let on. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that, now yeah, it's on Blu-ray. You can get oh, it on okay, Blu-ray. Good. A beautiful transfer, actually. Yeah. <gasps> Also, the Thornbirds. Remember that? Oh yeah, that was that was such an event that annoyed me to no end as a kid. North and south. Yeah, yeah, the blue and the gray. And uh, the winds of war. war. That's where I was going. Roots. Roots. Roots is the most famous one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now that w- basically Hulu and whatever has come full circle because they do that again. Like Dare- yeah. Daredevil is essentially that, or any of these things that yeah. they release. Yeah. Eleven, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, the exactly. only difference is we can control when we watch it. That's the only difference. Yeah, yeah. but it's made under the assumption that you saw last week and you're going to see next week. So right. it's, it's actually it's a, a kind of smart yeah. Yeah. storytelling has come back. Yeah. yeah, and and when you can devote eight hours to a novel, you know, like or six hours, whatever it is, it's like. You can you can actually do it. I mean, Game of Thrones is like that, where it's like they took a mm-hmm. book and they made a season each time, and and you never would have been able to do it at movie length. You just wouldn't have. Yeah. That's what's so great about television. James Clavell's Shogun. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. Yeah. Shogun. Exactly. I remember. No, what was the one in Africa? What was the one in Africa? Oh, um, Shogun. Or James Clavell? No, there's know. one in Africa. Mm. Um, oh not gosh, Roots. I don't know that. There was one. another one. Um, oh. I remember Celebrity. That was it. Uh, oh, I Celebrity. <laughs> Absolutely. Arthur Haley's Hotel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Arthur God. Haley. Who was that? He had a bunch of those. Everyone listening is like, this is the yeah, movie. Yeah, we're movie. bored. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What are you doing? Next topic. All right, the next topic is Karen <laughs> wrapping things up the way she does with Karen's birthdays. Her weekly look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. So, Karen, take it away. Well, first of all, we want to say happy birthday to Paul Preston because oh, it's his birthday this week. Woo! Is it his birthday? Oh, how that happened. Remain seated. Yes, Paul is turning some sort of age that we all will keep to ourselves. Thank well, you. I've been told. Directors may be listening. Yes. Yeah. No, Paul, been... is, Paul is turning old enough to know the North and the South TV movie. <laughs> 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 he, he can play can... anywhere from 28 to 35. Absolutely. Go. I'm just going like to leave that. it at that. And so now, Paul, um, we have another friend who has a birthday very close to yours who listens to the movie guys. And I just want to give a shout out to our friend Jennifer Yates, who can any, play anywhere from a best friend to a bridesmaid. Big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. Uh, I think we have a little bit of her singing here. Oh, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. She'll be so happy. That ought to do yeah, it. That's, that's the When Harry Met Sally spoof. I don't know. <laughs> a long time ago. But, uh, yes, yeah, so happy birthday, Jen. Uh, and also, I just want to say, because it is Paul's birthday, I decided to go through and get a list of different actors who have the same birthday as you do, specifically on March 21st, okay? Oh, I know a few of them. All right. Oh, well, who do you know? Matthew Broderick. Yes, Matthew Broderick. Now, which is your favorite Matthew Broderick movie? Let's just go around the table. Anybody have any? There's, wow. only, there's only Bueller. one. A tough yeah, there's only one. Ferris Bueller, right? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Ferris Godzilla? Bueller. As much I as I like, <laughs> Bueller, right? as much as I like I election did, and I like, war games. I like election. <laughs> oh, that's Ferris true. I like the producers, too. That's true. Hey, and, gr- and great ending to uh, Deadpool as well, the uh, Ferris Bueller ending. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is that you? Fantastic. That was Paul's idea. Yeah, uh, my writing partner. Nice. Very cool. Also, Gary Oldman. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, uh, from Dark Knight Rises, right? Talking. Well, what a guy! Like, what a great yeah. thing for th- so in this Nancy, late in his career to make his way into these franchises mm-hmm. like Harry Potter, Planet and, of the oh, Apes. Yeah, yeah yep. and everything. Yeah, Planet of the Apes and. Uh, Timothy Dalton also shares your birthday. Nice. The Living Daylights. License to Kill. That's all I know. I don't know. Does he? Oh, that's all anybody knows. The oh, okay. Rocketeer. Rocketeer. The Beautician and the Beast. <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell shares oh, your I birthday. I have heard that. I loved her in League of Their Own. Anybody else? Viva Las Vegas, the Flintstones, anybody? Oh, what was that horrible? Exit to Eden. Oh, Exit to Eden. Yeah, that With couple that of that I was going to go for. Yeah, that image yeah. of her and a leather Mary oh. Widow, I can't get out of my head. Also As referenced was... in Deadpool. Yes, that's yeah, true. Also referenced mm-hmm. in Deadpool. That's awesome. All right, and also, now this one, now we will Bring know this, around. especially you and I, Catherine Greenwood, the great Second City Toronto comedian, yes. and she also was in Kids in the Hall. What? Oh, yeah. She Little. showed up on Whose Line Is It Anyway for a bunch, too. Mm-hmm. Big fan of hers. She's very, very funny. Yeah, she's so, hilarious. Now, Lee, Bart, shoot. What, when did that... Yeah. I can't get it straight. Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true, Rhett. A day can't go by <laughs> where somebody doesn't stop me on the street, and they yeah. say, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. Oh, what do you say? The first thing I say is she loves to quote Ferris Bueller movies and not tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ed? And two... She loves when celebrities sing. I do, I do. And so I thought, why don't we have our birthday boy sing a little something Ooh. for us? So we pulled a little clip from Spamalot when Paul was oh, singing nice. the song that goes like this. Once in every show, there comes a song like this. Keep in mind, he's wearing a long blonde wig and a dress. That's hot. Yeah. Now, you know, it's supposed to be dramatic. Yes. Uh-huh. It's kind of the goof. I'm getting that. I'm getting It's coming through, Paul. Well, happy birthday, Paul. Happy Thank birthday you to you. I will just let that play underneath. Which is how I think everybody enjoyed it when they saw it live. Uh, so that's perhaps another movie showcast, everybody. Together we're the movie guys. Individually we are. Terrible. Oh, right. You can follow us on Twitter at the movie guys for daily jokes and links. Also Facebook.com slash the movie guys. All that stuff. And uh, share and like posts and leave comments and reviews where you can, especially at iTunes. We appreciate it. Thanks to Rhett Reese. Yay! Thank you very much. Good guys. story. Awesome. Is there a social media plug of any kind you want to put out there? I'm on Twitter. Uh, my name, just my name, Rhett, Rhett Reese. Reese. Yeah, at okay. Rhett Reese. Right. Now, Rhett, I do say this for every guest, but it's true. You were the best. Yeah, oh. You were the best guest. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> also, thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as always, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Next week, we'll be back and uh, moving into the April 1st movies. I don't know if it's an April Fool's joke or not, but I looked. There's really nothing coming out. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're scared of the superhero movies. Yeah, they're on hold. Oh. But regardless, we'll be here to talk about it. And we will see you then.